I'm not doing the show. <laughs> I'm not doing the show. Oh, grow up. No, no, no. It's not happening. It's happening. It's happening. It was a matter of time. I'm mad. I don't care. It's the end of an era. <laughs> Truly. Uh, for those of you who are living under a rock, uh, Joe Thornton has not resigned with the San Jose Sharks, which, again, it, it's, an, it's a necessary thing. I get it. But, oh, it hurts. <laughs> it hurts so bad just knowing that you're going to see him playing in a not-teal jersey. Um, y- yeah, I don't know. Um, I, again, we kind of figured it might be coming. But it's different when it's actually here. What's your reaction? It's sad. It's kind of weird because I've always thought he was going to play, at least start with the Sharks. It signed with the Sharks. And um, I know it's kind of a cap crunch. And I wonder, I mean, I think there's a couple of possible reasons of why he went to Toronto and didn't sign with San Jose. But uh, we can get into that a little bit later. But um, it'll be weird. It'll be weird. It'll be, you know, first time since 2000 and. Five, I think, is when they had that losing streak, ten-game losing streak in November, and they went and traded for him. So, um, man, it's fifteen years ago. That's a long time ago. Yeah. But in fact, that was my first season as a season ticket holder, first full season, because I actually got season tickets the year before when there was a lockout, knowing that there was going to be a lockout. Pretty but, good season to start. Yeah. Well, not in the beginning. <laughs> Those ten games were brutal, and then it was like, wow. I just got my Marco Sturm jersey, and he got traded. And there's a new number 19. <laughs> well, speaking of uh, jerseys, you're uh, you're wearing one right there. You want to tell them about that? Yep, uh, we've talked about this in the show before. This is my cheap knockoff Joe Thornton jersey. <laughs> in fact, I'll turn around. You can see the back. Uh, totally not. <laughs> this was a. Uh, it's kind of a long, longish story. I'll try and make it short, but. My dad did some business travel, not much, but some business travel when we were kids. And there was one time where he came back from somewhere. I, I want to say it was Colorado or something, not that much fun. But he came back and didn't bring anything back for for us, the kids. And my mom just grilled him. And so every trip he went on, regardless, I mean, he got me this when I was I wasn't even living at home. I was out, way out of college. Yeah. Every trip he went on from that point on, he always brought us back something. So he went to Korea, and South Korea, and he um, found this sharks jersey he's like i'm just walking and there's a sharks jersey joe thornton sharks jersey i mean this is probably around 2006 2007 and he brought it home and i was like this is awesome he probably paid 10 bucks for it like just (laughs) but it looked get on with it (laughs) (laughs) yeah so there's the story thanks bro thanks jumbo yeah um thanks to producer jason (laughs) That's excellent. Uh, yeah, so, um, okay, he put it down there. If you're enjoying the stream, which we've uh, just kicked off, uh, at any point, feel free to throw a like down. Um, it doesn't really do anything for rankings, I don't think, but it certainly does let us know that you appreciate uh, what we're doing. So if you want to go ahead and click that, right on, and more power to you. So, um, okay, so what do we got right now? We've got Joe Thornton signs a uh, minimum deal, uh, league minimum, $700,000 a year for one year uh, with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Funny because that's where Patrick Marlowe went, uh, although he got signed for a whole lot more. Um, but uh, he's going to be uh, in that locker room as well with the likes of Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner. Um, so kind of them being able to take advantage of his years of experience and his uh, wanting to help the youth, if you will, uh, where they already benefited from Patrick Marlowe. And we know that there was a very good relationship between those young guys 
and Patrick Marlowe. So uh, I'm sure they're going to love having Jumbo. I know obviously we have. Um, we weren't thinking about doing this episode as a kind of uh, an ode, really like replaying clips or going over memories and whatnot. I'm sure we can certainly do that with comments and, and whatnot down below and everything. But um, for this, I think we were just going to kind of talk about uh, the impact, really. So uh, when you look at the players, uh, we don't have the tweets. I don't think uh, Super Producer Jason actually put on screen for you guys, but a lot of the players... Uh, immediately came out after the news was announced saying how much they were going to miss him in the locker room, how much of a great player he was, how much he did for their careers, especially Kevin LeBanc, um, and and how much they're just going to miss him being around the rink and in the locker room all the time. And we think about how Joe Pavelski not resigning with the Sharks, how much that affected the locker room and the leadership that wasn't quite there. That's not a knock on anybody else in that room and especially not a knock on Logan Couture being the captain. I'm sure he's a fine captain, but Joe Pavelski kind of commanded that room, it seems, and he got people to respond to him. So now it's kind of interesting to see one year we lose one Joe, the next year we're going to be losing the other Joe. What is that locker room going to be like now? Um, and we can only speculate, obviously, but you you take that guy out of the locker room where he's just so loved by every single player. We saw tweets, you know, Logan, um, Kevin LeBanc, Evander Kane, EK65, Burnsy, all of them coming out and saying, you know, what a tremendous guy he he is, what a tremendous player he is. And um, I just don't think the locker room is going to be quite the same. Interesting, though, Jumbo did reach out to some of those players to let them know what was going on. It's just the kind of guy that he is. Um, I don't know, Aaron, if you had more that you wanted to say on, on that one in particular, but he, he did reach out to them beforehand, kind of giving them a heads up uh, and letting them know. Yeah, he called a few of the guys beforehand and, and to let them know personally before the news was going to break. So that was very nice of him. And amazing in this day and age that they did not uh, go to social media right away and say something, you know. Uh, yeah, here's a great one from Eric Carlson. And it's funny, Eric Carlson and um, uh, uh, Vander Kane tweeted something to the effect that uh, we're going to see him again in, in Teal. And it's kind of like, they know something that we don't. I mean, maybe you'll sign with the Sharks next year. Who knows? But, uh, yeah, and I kind of made a jokingly tweet saying, uh, who knows, you know, maybe the Maple Leafs aren't a playoff team this year and they trade them to a contender like the Sharks. And uh, it was a joke. Yeah. Was a joke. <laughs> <laughs> someone someone bit into it, too, and I was like, come on, man. That was total sarcasm. Um, <laughs> uh, it's funny you mentioned the locker room because I was thinking about this. Joe Thornton is a very commanding presence in the locker room, and – uh, there's nothing wrong with that, but I feel like the team was moving on from that era of Pavelski, Thornton, and Marlowe. Granted, Marlowe's coming back, but I don't think Marlowe is as a vocal person. Just That's just not his personality. I mean, I don't know because I'm not in the locker room, but I, am, I feel like, and not that he's not a leader, but um, Jumbo is definitely a guy, you, he walks in the room, you know he's in the room. There's no question. So not that the Sharks didn't want him back. I'm sure they did. But it's also kind of a sign of the times of let's move forward and, and get a different vibe in that locker room. Because now you're only going to have, from that era, really, is kind of Brent Burns and Couture kind of is a carryover, but he's still kind of on the youngish side of that new leadership group. Um, you still got Pickles in there, but he's, you know, I, I don't think he's as vocal either. I'm sure he is, but not as much as probably Couture or probably some other guys. So, it does kind of change the vibe in that locker room, and that might be—I don't want to know—I don't want to say it's better, but it it will be different, and it might be easier to transition into the new era, I guess. But 
going to the Toronto side, it's fantastic for Toronto. Uh, they have a lot of very young guys, and they've had not very much playoff success uh, in the last couple of years. They've had good, pretty good regular season success, but just not good playoff success. So this is probably going to help, you know, solidify that group and and. Uh, they could see from this guy who is 41 years old, like, holy cow, this guy can still play at 41. What is he doing so that I can watch what he does and do what he does so that I can play like that long and have that longevity? So same thing with Patrick Marlowe coming back on the Sharks. He does the same thing for those other kids. He's showing them how to play and how to prepare, not just during the game, but before, after games, uh, in between games, and, and just be a consummate professional. So uh, good for the Leafs on picking up Joe. Now, I have a couple re- – oh, go ahead. You want to say something? I, I was just going to say there was something, and Super Producer Jason can't put this on the screen. Um, one, we didn't prep him for it, and two, there's some language. But um, there was a tweet – or not a tweet, but it was like a like a meme kind of thing where uh, they had Jumbo, and it was a fake quote, but he said, my, my old body can't keep up with uh, going to the playoffs anymore, so I signed with the Leafs to make sure that I get exited in the first round. <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty good. Um, but yeah, so anyway, you, I'm sure you've got a comment somewhere in there you wanted to go ahead and uh, wrestle up. Who, me? Yeah. Or something uh, you wanted to say, or what was it? Well, I was just saying, like, um, uh, what would that, well, I don't know, I forgot what I was going to say. You, lo- I lost my train of thought. Thank you very much. <laughs> well, it, I saw a comment in there saying that uh, the locker room would be fine, that we wouldn't be playing for Patty, uh, which I'm sure is 100% true. Um, the nightmare scenario, of course, is Toronto versus San Jose in the finals somehow. <laughs> Because uh, as much as I want San Jose to win a cup, I also want Jumbo, and uh, that would that would be hard, obviously, uh, to root against him. But uh, obviously, San Jose is the team. So uh, I, I know what I was going to say. There's a couple of reasons why he could have signed with Toronto. One, Canada is doing much better with COVID than the United States, so it almost seems safer. Two, it's closer to Switzerland, or should I say Sweden? It's closer to Switzerland, <laughs> where his wife is from. Um, and where he's currently playing right now until the NHL resumes again. Um, and uh, I think that was one of the bigger reasons. And it's probably close to his childhood home, closer than San Jose. Um, not that he probably goes back there that much, but being in Canada right now is safer than being in the United States because of COVID. Fair enough, yeah. And um, oh, the last reason, Toronto hasn't won since 1964. Is that right? I can't remember what year it was. Long time ago. Uh, if you win in Toronto, you will be immortal. Not that he's not already, but even more so. I mean, Toronto is essentially the New York Yankees of hockey, but take away all the championships since 1964. <laughs> right? So you win a championship, and you will be practically a god, just like our earlier jumbo yeah. god thing that we had up there. <laughs> right. We get on with it. <laughs> that, that's always like a big, a big like. Um, you know, like a incentive to go into Toronto when Toronto is very good. They have a very good core, very good young guys that could put it all together. So, again, if they put it all together and they go all the way, 1967, thank you, not 64. I knew it's somewhere in there, three years. <laughs> when it's that long ago, who cares? <laughs> yeah. Is that six, almost 60 years, 50 years? Yeah. 53? Yeah, nice. All right. Uh, should we dive into the comments? You guys have yeah. more to say? Yeah, let's jump straight into the comments. See anything good in there? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Where's Nicholas Egan when you need him? Jeez. Uh, uh, Zach did say Jumbo Joe has a no movement clause in his one year thing. That's. I think he's going to have that from now on just because he's not going to want to get traded without his say. 
Not that he won't yeah. get traded. If Toronto's out of the playoffs, he'll want to go somewhere. But that just gives him more um, leverage, I guess, or more more control of where he would go. Right. Um, hey, it's funny. I thought that he would have gone, he would have signed with the Sharks just to be uh, close to home, like his home, his kids. I know home for him with uh, his parents and whatnot, that's uh, closer out in that direction. But um, I would have thought that he would have signed here in San Jose, bided his time until a true contender kind of emerges that might need a jumbo, but then you're kind of banking on them needing him. And if they don't, then he doesn't get traded. It was like kind of what happened last season, right? Yeah. Uh, Illuminato did say, going to need to see that as a reaction GIF MP4, probably the jumbo thing. Maybe we'll make that into a GIF. That'd be pretty awesome. <laughs> um, I I that. Yeah. The locker room will be fine. They'll be playing for Patty. I, I don't think they're going to be playing for Patty. I think they're going to be playing for a roster spot for next year. I think... I have a feeling this year is going to be another transition year. Yeah. I just, it also depends on the year. If it's going to be a shortened season, it's going to be really rough. Um, but if they don't get off to a hot start, then everyone's going to be like, oh, the Sharks are done. But at the same time, how many people have been saying to blow up the team, to start over, get a bunch of high draft picks, yeah. tank for a while, right? This right. is here. Wherever the Sharks fans are, they're probably all bandwagoners. They're gone. And they've been telling them, you know, complaining that the Sharks should be dumping a bunch of salary and, and playing terrible so they can get a high draft pick. Maybe this is the year. Yeah. And then the next year they're going to lose one player because of the, of the, uh, the draft for Seattle, right? The Kraken's going to take a player, a rostered player, and that's going to free up some more cap space. Hopefully the cap space goes up some more. And maybe in a year from now, they're really going to have a deeper, stronger team. I don't know. I, yeah. I can't, you can't write off this season just yet. I don't think. I'm not writing the season off at all, honestly. I know people think that the, the roster is not nearly as good. Uh, I mean, I think it's better than last season, but they, uh, they don't, the roster is nearly as good. Frankly, I think the problem last season wasn't the personnel. I think the problem last season was uh, in, in the coaching staff not being bad, but that their message wasn't getting through. I think the defense was not good. Um, I think the goalies could have been better, although I don't put that as much blame on them as I do the, the whole team defense. And, you know, when you've got three of your players, granted, they were more injured closer to January, yes. But when you're talking about the 27th-ranked offense in the league, that's still, you know, months worth of, of hockey that they could have played. Well, two months, I guess, worth of hockey that uh, they could have kind of righted that a little bit, maybe been more closer to the middle of the pack. Who knows if they caught fire there. Um, but, you know, I, I don't know. I, I think, again, that this season should be a lot better. And I think if people can stay healthy – the whole way through if Eric Carlson kind of returns not a hundred percent to his Ottawa, you know, superstar days, but if he's, if he's finally coming back without any sort of injury, that's, you know, nagging and, and leaning on him. Um, and Brent Burns gets back to, you know, a, a style of play uh, under Bob Bugner uh, who helped him uh, win the Norris trophy when he was with the sharks originally. Yeah. Uh, if we can get those guys cranking, I think that the forward core is really going to benefit from it. That's why we were so excited in the first place. Having Eric Carlson here was because, you're going to have uh, two guys, both right-handed defensemen, which means you're going to have, what, 20, I'm sorry, um, 40, 50, almost 60 minutes a night worth of offensive defensemen that are out there, and they're supposed to help out the uh, all the forward cores. So if that's the case, those guys, those numbers should boost. It didn't work out last season, but if we have a, a, a system that's working uh, very well with these guys and everybody can stay healthy, I don't see why this team could not be a playoff team. Maybe right on the bubble, right on the edge, 
Uh, I know <laughs> saying a bubble team has got a different meaning now, but uh, being right on the edge of, of playoff contention, uh, sure, maybe they're not going to be contenders or considered contenders even. But I think they do have a legitimate shot of getting in there and doing a little bit of damage. So we'll have to see how that goes. And I'm, I'm really excited to see what Devin Dubnik does, how he dis, how he responds, how he bounces back, um, if he bounces back. So this is a this is a season where I think a lot of good things can happen. Hopefully they will happen. Now, in the event that it doesn't happen, in the event that the Sharks are just as bad and they're not out of playoff contention, let's take a look at all the one-year contracts that they have, right? Stefan Nason, Matt Nieto, Patrick Marlowe, Devin Dubnik. Um, even it was Donato is he, no, he said we signed him longer, but there's, there's a bunch of guys that have one year left on their contract. It was uh, Sorensen's final year actually too. So there's, there's a good handful of guys that are, you know, depth guys that wouldn't cost teams too much in terms of the cap hit and whatnot. Uh, and they're veterans in the league. So uh, I could definitely see if it, the, the season doesn't go well, us loading up on some picks by virtue of, uh, you know, sending assets, uh, out. In which case, you know, again, this isn't the deepest draft coming up, not as deep as this past one was, but um, anything that you can do to stock those shelves and get better, uh, if you're talking about starting a rebuild, I mean, this would be the closest thing, right? Yeah, we're setting up for next season, I think, the season after this upcoming one, I should say, to really be a, a difference maker, if yeah. you will. Uh, yeah, with one of those, I mean, if you look at the roster, uh, I just shared that with you, producer Jay, if you want to throw that on there. Um Look at the 20, 21-22 column. These are all the UFAs in red. Yeah. So Sorensen, Nason, Marlo, Nieto, Sumela, and Dubnik all could be gone, plus one more player off of this list for the draft. Uh, yeah. The Sharks will be able to protect who they want to protect, but somebody's going to be left exposed and is going to have to be gone. So, yeah. I mean, if you look at I'm I'm sure Ferraro will be kept. Shimmick, I could see. Maybe they expose Burns or Vlasic and get rid of one of those if they don't get traded this year, you know? So uh, there, there could be a lot of – or maybe even Kevin LeBanc. What if Kevin LeBanc goes? Yeah, could be. be complaining about that contract anymore. That's true. <laughs> and it helps who, Seattle get to that floor, right? You know, right. the nice thing about this this uh, lineup here too, um, I mean, there's, there's so many of these contracts that are going to be going away. I mean, imagine – that you're Seattle and you're looking at the Sharks. Yeah, there's some big names, but we're going to be able to protect a good majority of them. If any of these guys want to get re-signed by the Sharks, they do it after Seattle makes their picks. Right. And Seattle's probably not stupid enough to pick uh, somebody who's going to be UFA because that UFA does not need to sign with them, right? So um, I don't know. I think it's, uh, it, it's one of those things that maybe this is not such a bad setup, having these one-year contracts on there and the guys that we have left – you protect the guys that you want to protect, obviously, but then it gets real specific on who Seattle's going to have to choose from, right? So um, you're, you're almost telling them who who they can pick in this scenario. So maybe uh, some some good foresight there by uh, Joe Will and Doug Wilson and Doug Wilson Jr. Yeah, definitely. Uh, we got some funny comments from Anthony Sanchez. Today begins the first step that possible fan favorites will be traded in a season is a bar murder. Followed up by, guys, I had to talk with the wife about Jumbo. She cried. Then I told her about Burns could be dealt if the season goes horrible, and she was sad, but she didn't throw a shoe. That's a win. That's, That's a win. called acceptance. <laughs> That's because we've worn her down so much. <laughs> going, all right, all right. Wait, 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 wait. Anthony, did she run out of shoes? Is that why she didn't throw one? She ran out? 
He locked up the shoe closet, so she can't get in. <laughs> Finally wised up to it. <laughs> yeah. Um, Zach asks, who takes Jumbo Joe's spot? That's a yeah, good and um, I, I've been kind of noodling on this one. Sorry to cut you off. That uh, hand, Handmark, Frederick Handmark, I think it's Frederick is his first name. Handmark. Uh, Handmark, the guy that they signed, uh, 27-year-old, I think. And Kevin Curse had brought this up, too, during a call with, uh, with uh, Doug Wilson. And he'd asked, you know, is it fair to say or is it safe to say that Handmark is probably the guy that you're going to be giving, you know, the most, the biggest look here? You probably don't sign a 27-year-old unless you think he's going to be able to help your big club. Uh, that was Kevin's point. Um, I don't know if I 100% agree with that sentiment, but Doug Wilson did. He said, yeah, I'd say that's fair to say. So um, prepare to see Handmark or Handmark or however you Handmark. say it. Um, Handmark. In, in the lineup on, on opening night, I'm sure. So either he's probably going to be a 3C or the 4C. See, the, the interesting thing for me is when you look at the roster and you look at the, the third liners, right? So I kind of penciled in Donato as the second line on the left with Meyer on the right because Meyer's played right wing. Um, although Donato says he could play either way, it doesn't matter. And then I've got, uh, obviously, LeBanc on the top line because that's his whole thing. I've been, I've been saying I'm a top line um, center. I'm, I'm a top six uh, winger in this league. So uh, I have him penciled in there. Uh, we're going to make him, you know, <laughs> eat his food on that one, I guess. So then you've got uh, Patrick Marlowe and Nieto I have on the wings at the on the third line. And then beyond that, it's uh, kind of filler. But um, I like Stefan Nason is down there, too. Michael Sorensen, I think I put on the fourth line as well. The 3C and the 4C are the interesting ones because you've got kind of a bit of a log jam in terms of who's going to be battling for those positions, I think. You've got Handmark, who I think is going to have the longest leash. Um, I think he's definitely getting uh, the look on opening night. Then you've got Shellman. Shellman proved himself with Stefan Nason uh, all last season. I think they did a phenomenal job on the fourth line, and I'm, I'm pretty sure he's going to get that spot. Uh, it's his to lose. But you've also got guys like Dylan Gambrell. You've got Antti Suomela, who they signed. You've got Noah Greger, who played extremely well as well. So there's there's a bit of a logjam there, and and Doug Wilson had talked about competition and not having enough competition last season, and that's kind of maybe where he felt he went a little bit wrong um, was that guys were kind of thrown into the spot; they didn't earn the spot, so they weren't playing as hard to be there. They're they were thrown into that position whether they were ready or not. So this season, you know, you've got the signings of guys like Nieto and Marlowe. Okay, great. Uh, maybe guys that people weren't too overly excited to have back in the roster. I understand that, but it does give it to veteran players and it does make the guys who are in the AHL work to get up to the NHL as opposed to throwing them into the lion's den, which I think is a much better approach. So I know a lot of people, Oh, we got to get younger. We got to get every year. You keep saying we got to get younger. I get that. But on a year like this year is going to be, I think, it's not a bad idea at all to sign one-year contracts to veterans, which is exactly what Doug Wilson did, make the AHL guys earn that time, get them to come up. And then after all said and done, season's over, you have one-year contracts that you don't have to re-sign. So you can go from there, go to free agency, pick some of those guys that you think you need are those top six wingers, grab them if you need to, right? Because you can now, because you free up cap space and you have roster space. So, um, and, and the other thing is that those young guys were telling Doug, you know, I don't give my spot away. I, I want that spot. I'm going to fight for that spot. Do not sign somebody to give that spot away. And Doug had said that during that call, that these young guys are telling me this. They're hungry. So, um, you know, there's going to be some some competition, some really good competition for the third and fourth line center. I'm looking forward to it, and I'm looking forward to that that hunger, that desire. Combine that with a Bob Boogner style of play. 
with Rocky Thompson and John Madden helping him out. I, I don't know. I, I know we don't look like a very good team, but I really think that they can do some special stuff. Yeah. Uh, we look at um, – I'm going to show this on the screen real quick. I don't want to show too much, so I kind of cropped a little bit, but this is behind a, a paywall from The Athletic from Kurz. This is kind of how he sees the, the forwards, kind of what you had said, but – Meyer, Hurdle, LeBanc on the top line. Kane, Couture, Donato on the second. Nieto, Hanemark, Marlowe on the third. Sorensen, Shellman, and Nason on the fourth. Um, I could see this, and then you could see the extras, Gregor, Gambrell, True, Shemlesky, Leonard, and Bergman are kind of just rotating in and out of the lineup throughout the year. Go ahead. Yeah. See, I've got Couture and Kane on the first line and Hurdle, Meyer on the second line, but beyond that, yeah, that. I don't even know. Like the top two lines are so interchangeable. I don't think it matters. To me, Couture sure. is a better two way forward. He's going to shut down the top line better than Hurdle line. Hurdle's yeah. more of the driving offensive line, I feel like. Whenever the, whenever uh, Hurdle and Meyer were on the ice, they were doing some damage. Oh, like, yeah. They, they seem to be really dominating. So um, the Couture line, I mean, not that Couture is a very good, very good center because he's both a two way shutdown center as well as very, you know, offensively gifted so um I, I those two lines i don't even really care they just they're so interchangeable sure yeah and i wouldn't be surprised if they do the same thing where coach and kane always pretty much stick together hurdle and meyer switch together and then the other wingers just kind of interchange based on how they're playing i mean i wouldn't be surprised to marlow up on one of the top lines every now and then just to <laughs> whoever's got the hot hand in a way you know when the bank's not living up to his contract to me <laughs> that's what i mean yeah <laughs> without saying it uh um. Yeah. Uh, the bank. <laughs> uh, Zach Croft asked, uh, "Would you, he would sign Anthony Duclair for cheap?" Um, do you like Anthony Duclair? Isn't he a left wing? I think he can play both. Okay. I don't think it matters. Uh, and it's Duclair, not Declare. But um, he has. He's kind of bounced around the league a little bit, and San Jose Hockey now. We just had uh, Shang Peng on last week. He did. He asked uh, some scouts around about some free agents, and again, that's behind a paywall, so I don't want to give away everything. But um, they were not very high on him because he essentially uh, takes nights off, and that's not the kind of players the Sharks are going to want. They're going to want guys that compete every night. Not. I mean, think about like how Kevin LeBanc was in the last season right where there's just some nights where he just disappears we can't have more players like that on the team so mm-hmm. um i just don't see it as a good fit for for the sharks team and i to me from what it looks like the sharks aren't going to be going out and getting a bunch of free agents veteran free agents they're going to get guys that are younger that could possibly play in on the future uh, of the sharks rather than getting a bunch of you know older veterans to coming in here to to fix the locker room, whatever. That's just not where the Sharks yeah. are right now. Well, I, and I saw the comment there saying Duclair can play left wing and right wing. I think Duclair is playing left wing or right wing because he's doing whatever he can to stick into the lineup. Just put me anywhere, coach, please. Yeah. Um, but, you know, one of the other names that got thrown around and was by Shang Peng as well uh, was Michael Grabner, um, who is a guy that I think would be great you know, um, on, on a, like the third line, say, right? Lots of speed, good penalty kill. Especially when you've lost Barkley Goodrow, you're not re-signing um, what's his name, uh, Mucker Carlson. I've already forgotten it. Um, MK68. 
uh, when, when you're not resigning either of those guys and they're not returning, I should say, um, then, you know, maybe it makes sense to have a guy who's maybe not so bad on the PK. But again, this is where you look back at what the players had said to Doug and Doug kind of honoring that saying, hey, don't give my spot away. And if you sign a guy like Michael Grabner, first of all, if you sign him, you sign him to a one year minimum deal. So it doesn't hurt your cap at all, really. Um, and from there, you know, again, if we're not a contending team, a Michael Grabner might fetch you something, right? So, um, you know, that, that could be a good, uh, a good deal for the Sharks, and, uh, you know, one way or the other. Um, he, he would fit into the roster, and uh, if it doesn't work out, and he would be, certainly pull something back. So um, that wouldn't be such a bad thing. But I really don't think that the Sharks are going to do any more in terms of forwards. If they did, yeah. it would be moving somebody out like a Marcus Sorensen to bring somebody else who's closer to, like, a $4 million cap hit, somebody who can play on that in that top six, maybe more of a second-line guy, but who could play in that top six, right? Somebody who's about ready to for a new contract, maybe. Um, I would probably a third-line center more than a winger. Maybe. Because I, I don't think you're going to find a top six winger that's affordable. That's the problem. Yeah, probably not. Um, although, again, it's Doug. You never know. <laughs> Doug, it's well, just so good. Somebody moves off and they get cap space. That's a different story, but right now... Yeah. I think they're focusing on a right-handed shot defenseman that's on the cheap that yeah. play as a sixth defenseman, not someone who's a seventh or eighth defenseman, which, again, I'll plug Shang Peng again. He had a great article asking scouts about a number of uh, free agents that are available that are right-handed shots or yeah. left-handed shots that can play on the right side um, and goes through each one in, in pretty decent detail, too, um, explaining why or why not some scouts like them, like they're if they would be a good fit or not for the Sharks. Yeah. Because essentially this person's going to be playing with Mario Ferraro on the, as the third pairing. Um, so I, I think their focus is going to be a right-handed shot defenseman. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if we don't see that signing for another week or two because right now the free agency is kind of slowing down. Um, it's also kind of you know telling about the market. A lot of these players are not being signed for a lot of money or a long-term deal. So uh, the market is kind of, they're not paying as much because of the cap crunch. So you're going to see a lot of veterans or a lot of players just holding out, kind of waiting for something to come through and then eventually signing me like, okay, and, and signing some cheap deal that everyone's going to say, wow, they got him for cheap. I mean, how many of those contracts have you seen? Everyone going, wow, the Sharks could have signed him for that. You know, yeah. like all these guys are signing in all these other teams. Why aren't they coming to San Jose? Well, look at those other teams and how much ice time and what line they would be on and what the potential is to winning. Um, there's a big difference between San Jose and some of those other teams. Hundred um, percent. I noticed a comment here by uh, Malta de Montreal. Um, he, he's trying to get a shoe thrown at Anthony, but we've we've already realized that Anthony's got the shoes on lockdown. He says you guys need to trade <laughs> trade Burns, um, <laughs> which is something we've talked about on this show repeatedly. But um, yeah, I mean, certainly if if that were to happen, um, you know, and, and honestly, let me go back just a little bit. I feel like Burns might be even open to a trade. Um, his buddy's gone. I've been to practices, uh, lots and lots of practices. Now, I haven't been in the locker room, obviously, but dude, these two were such good friends, like ridiculously good friends. Um, after practices, constantly sitting on the pat on the half boards, just sitting there chatting and talking, and they're always goofy. The, the thing with, with – uh, with Jumbo is he may be 40, whatever, two, 41 years old, but he acts like he's 14. Um, he's, he's a goofball. The guy is just, he's silly. Right. And Burns plays right into that. If you remember, there was a picture on there. I forget. There was a picture of Brent Burns 
uh, not long after we traded for him, they got on Airshark at the time, and um, he had his Pokemon dolls, figures, whatever you want to call them. He had them out on his his tray uh, on the plane. Like that's you know, so their personalities, this young and kiddish and playful, um, that was definitely his buddy on that team. So um, it'll be it'll be kind of interesting to see if maybe waving that is in the future for him, especially if he's like, well. Which defenseman are you going to be protecting, right? Because obviously he's getting a little bit longer in the tooth back there. So does it make more sense to protect a Mario Ferraro, uh, a, a Shimmick, and um, or, or a Vlasic, and uh, Eric Carlson, right? Does it make more sense to not protect Burns? And if so, obviously he'd get plucked. If he does or does not want to play in Seattle, maybe he drops that no movement clause. So who knows? Uh, you certainly could pull something back big for Burns. And if you did, you free up a ton of cap space. There's your top uh, top line winger, right? You know, so, I always forget what the rules are for the Seattle draft and like who you can protect. Yeah. And I just looked it up. You can either do 14 forwards, or I'm sorry, they have to select 14 <laughs> forwards, nine defensemen, and three goalies. Like, what? Yeah. Uh, the teams can protect seven forwards, three defensemen, and a goalie, or eight skaters and a goalie. So going back to the Sharks, I mean, let's just do eight skaters. Next year, they have, they can do Couture, Kane, Meyer, Hurdle, LeBanc. There's five. And yeah. Three defensemen. Carlson, Burns, Vlasic. Then you expose Shimmick and Ferraro. That's I don't think so. You're going to pit. Probably Shimmick and Ferraro will get protected, I think, just because yeah. how quality they are for how cheap they are. Uh, and then you're going to have to choose Carlson, probably. Maybe yeah. one more, either Burns or Vlasic. So you're going to have four defensemen protected. Leave one yeah. of those guys exposed. And then if you do four defensemen, then you can only have four forwards. So that's Couture, Kane, Meyer, Hurdle. Then you expose LeBanc. If if I'm Doug Wilson, the only reason that I'm exposing Eric Carlson is because I think that they might not want to take on $11.5 million worth of cap. But he has a that no movement the, clause. I forgot. You have to protect yeah, him. Yeah, and, and you have to protect him anyway. But there's so, ways around that. You could you can have them pick somebody who's not really on your – and then make a trade later on, so, like give you a handshake deal. Like, we'll give you Carlson. We just basically make the trade, make him make him I, wave it or I whatever. I the no movement clause. Jones has one. Yes. So he Burns can't – Burns has limited, right? Carlson and Vlasic have one. Burns has a modified one. Jones yeah. is modified as well. See it. Couture, Kane, and Turtle all have modified. Timo Meyer is not does not have one. Yeah. So of all the guys, okay, let's say you have to protect all the guys that have no trade clauses, right? So then that eats away at your six, six of your eight skaters. What's that? Six of your eight skaters. Yeah, exactly. So it, yeah, the, having the no move clauses could be could be difficult. So I imagine that if he's in a pickle in terms of he wants to protect somebody, but he can't because somebody else is automatically protected. He probably has that discussion and says, look, what if we tried to move you? Right. Especially if they're not going to be a playoff team, um, go out and try to win that cup, dude, you know, go, go for it. So um, it'll be interesting to see if the sharks are not in playoff contention, the people who decide to, or the players that decide to waive those no move clauses and uh, and what comes back. But I mean, that's for way later on. Personally, I think with this roster and with the coaching staff, um, they're going to do a fairly decent job. I think they're going to overachieve um, compared to expectations. I think everyone's expectations of this team are so low right now. <laughs> True. Um, that I think they're going to make, I, I honestly do think that they can squeak into a playoff spot and not like, oh, maybe they could. I think they will. Um, but it'll be right on the cusp. 
I'm going to wait for any judgments until the sure. rosters are set until we see training camp. But yeah. And, and again, you know, honestly, that right D position we talked about a little bit earlier. Um, I know Shang had said it, it don't think that a guy from the AHL coming in and playing is going to be a good idea necessarily. They tried that with the forwards and I should have pushed back, but he's a guest. So I didn't, but my pushback now with him not here to defend himself would be that, um, you, you had a lot of forwards that didn't have that competition, right? You, they were just kind of open and available and you had to put them into the roster. Also that there's more than just the one spot we're talking about. They were playing the full like fourth line, right? Or in some cases they were, yeah. they were up and down the lineup like throughout the roster. So um, I, that's a little bit different for me. Um, when we talk about the right deep position, we're talking about a position that's probably gonna have, like I said, 10 minutes or less uh, per night behind the juggernauts that are Eric Carlson and Brent Burns. And he's still playing alongside of Mario Ferraro, who's a phenomenal defenseman. And you wouldn't be putting somebody in that spot unless they were at the cream of the crop of that of the Barracuda. So it's not like they'd be so far behind. You're just throwing anybody you can in there. At four position, it was a revolving door last season. That's a little bit different to me. We're talking about get a guy who who might be ready for the show, give him a chance to play limited minutes um and if it's not working out you know burns is going to soak up the rest of those minutes anyway so um i don't think it would be such a bad thing but i do think that they're out there right now looking for that deal they're they're waiting for somebody to get desperate and give them a really good deal on what they're willing to take for the season and it'll probably come at a one-year deal which again frees them up right at the end of the season or at uh, the trade deadline to be able to move that contract uh, and get something back for it so I don't know. I think either way, they're, the Sharks are in not as bad of a position as some people would say that they're in. Um, are they going to be con- considered contenders? Absolutely not. Can they make the playoffs? I think they will. Uh, but even if they don't, they're set up pretty well for what would need to come next. Yeah, that was a good comment here from Jorgen Bedstead. You have to go back to what Doug Wilson said on that call. Needs his top players to play well. Jones gets back to form. Burns being a bit more responsible and a healthy EK, and we're back as a contender. You need your top players to be top players, and I agree. If Burns and Carlson can be 60-point defensemen each, the Sharks are going to be a good team. If Carlson is not healthy or misses time during the season, the Sharks are not going to do well. If Burns can't put it together and he's only getting 40, 45 points, that's not enough. So, And we're going to have a different look. The whole system is going to be different. The power play is going to look different. Everything's going to be a lot different. Um, so I, it's hard to say, it's really hard to say where they're going to end up, which is why I'm not going to say anything. Plus the lineup's not completely finalized yet. So, um, but yeah, I think, I think I'm, I'm not, I don't want to say I'm pessimistic where they're not going to make playoffs no matter what, just looking at on paper. Sure. Other teams look good, but on paper, a lot of teams look good. So, and then people get upset when the sharks aren't signing players left and right. It's like, come on, like nobody wins a cup in what are we in October? <laughs> right? It's it just, you can only do so much on paper when you, you don't have the chemistry and you don't have all that stuff. It's just not as good. It's funny because yeah. usually people say that you can't win a cup in October because it's the beginning of the season. We're saying right. it because it's barely after free agency. Usually, usually I say that in July. You can't win a cup in July. Yeah. Jan Ruta, Anthony Sanchez says Jan Ruta. That was one of the guys that I had uh, put in there. Um, when I had my uh, cap friendly, I, I grabbed Jan Ruta. It sounded like he'd be a pretty decent fit. His cap hit wasn't so bad. I actually overpaid him probably at, at this point. 
Um, but yeah, I think Younger too would be a pretty good one. I think uh, Bowie was, is it Madison Bowie? Uh, sound like another guy. Again, um, if you listen to our last episode with Shang Peng, he goes over a couple guys, I think. And then in the article that he wrote, if you are um, subscribed to San Jose Hockey Now, which if you're not, go for it. It's worth the cost of admission. He does really, really good work. Um, one of the best in terms of hockey writing and analytics and whatnot. Um, so definitely give him a look. And he, again, like Aaron had said, he he went over a lot of different defensemen, talked to a lot of different uh, scouts, I believe is what it was. And, um, you know, they gave their their take on a lot of those guys. So guys that the Sharks might be targeting right now, maybe waiting for them to get a little bit more desperate to get the price down on them. Um, they have the cap space, but, you know, any little extra amount you can have for if you happen to be in a playoff position to bring somebody else in, I'm sure is, um, you know, a welcomed site. So uh, I see we've got a super chat there. Aaron, you want to read that off? Uh, Malted in Montreal gave us $2. I think that's Canadian $2. So it's probably like 50 cents. But California. Here's some cash, here's some cash for the team to grab a free agent, LOL. <laughs> Thanks. That actually helps a lot. Every little bit goes a long way. So I appreciate it. <laughs> Uh, congratulations. You didn't Montreal sign to Foley, right? They're the ones that won. I think so. They also traded away, uh, Max Domi, Domi. or Ty Domi's son, Max Domi. Yeah. Um, which I thought was kind of surprising because I thought he was very loved in, uh, Montreal, but yeah, anyway, enough about the Canadians. Um, uh, I had one, I had one picked up here and I forgot where it went. Uh, Someone was talking about, a couple of people were talking about signing Mike Hoffman. Now, Mike Hoffman does sound good on paper, but there's a lot of history in, from the Ottawa days when Hoffman and, and uh, Carlson were teammates. So, yeah, well, Zach said just, just kidding. kidding. Else, I think was being serious about it. Um, they will probably never, ever play on the same team because it had to do with uh, Mike Hoffman's girlfriend said something to I'm not going to get into it. You can Google this, but says something to Carlson's wife uh, after they lost their baby. I think it was pretty, yeah, pretty entirely powerful. inappropriate. Yeah. yeah, and that that was kind of the end. That's I think when Carlson was like, "Get me out of here," and that's when Ottawa Ottawa traded uh, Hoffman first to San Jose, and then San Jose immediately traded him, flipped him to to Florida, yeah. um, and then we ended up getting Carlson later that in the summer. So. Hoffman will not be on the Sharks as long as Carlson's on the Sharks. Um, yeah. <laughs> Jorgen Bed said, "Only if you got a new girlfriend." That that's funny. I don't know if that. I don't know if he has or not. I don't think that would do it though. I think he, he stood by the old one. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that's all I'm going to say about that. So. Yeah. Um. Oh yeah, Malton in Montreal is. Uh, he lives in Montreal, but he's a sense senator. Right. Yeah. I forgot about that. My bad. Uh, honestly, I think I could see Duclair coming in. Oh, we just talked about this. I don't see. I don't think Duclair's a good fit. And you were talking about, uh, um, you know, I'm thinking of, thinking of the wrong guy, but the guy was in Phoenix or Arizona, um, Grabner. Uh, Shang Pan goes in about Grabner too, about signing for the Sharks, and not a good fit because he disappears for time, and he also is not healthy. He can't stay healthy. He's kind of a smaller guy. He's very speedy, but he can't stay healthy. Um, doesn't throw his body around. I think the Sharks essentially got Michael Grabner in signing Matt Nieto. They yeah. got speed. He's been Colorado's best penalty killer, which is what Grabner is. So he's going to be – I think Nieto replaces Melker Carlson. Has more speed, penalty killer, um, 
a little bit more offensive punch, I think. He's younger and definitely cheaper. I mean, you went from $2 yeah. million to 700000 yeah. Can't get any cheaper than that. So I, I think that's a good replacement for Melker Carlson, as sad as to say, because I don't know if Melker's going to be playing in the NHL again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Uh, Patrick Laine. Now, this one's interesting. Apparently, Winnipeg wants to trade Laine. Now imagine the Sharks trade one of their four, one of their defensemen. Yeah, Line. What if they trade Burns for Line? Would you do that? Yeah, I, I, and honestly, again, I don't want to get Anthony Sanchez in any trouble here, but to me, again, that move makes sense, and the reason it makes sense is because you've already got supreme offensive talent in Eric Carlson, so it's a redundancy. Um, it's not like it's a problem. I don't mind having both of them there, but as we saw. You take a look at the turnover numbers. It's not because they're bad. It's because they're offensive defensemen. It's because they're trying to move the puck up. When you look at the list of people who had the most takeaways or giveaways, I should say, um, when we looked at it, at least 18 of the 20 were top paid defensemen. So um, that's just something you're going to get by nature of those guys being on the ice more often than anybody else. And by them trying to move the puck up, it's going to get picked off. They have lots of really great passes that result in chances as well, but that doesn't necessarily show up on the stat sheet because giveaways is a stat, right? So, um, yeah, I could definitely see something like that being the case. Winnipeg needs defensemen. I mean, especially a, an offensively talented right-handed defenseman um, would be phenomenal for Winnipeg, I think. So, um, yeah, a trade to get Line in, sure. I don't think as many people were as excited about Line as they were about um, Ehlers, Nikolai Ehlers, uh, for whatever reason. I think maybe um, – I think Lanny might have a bit of an attitude problem or something. I forget what the what the read was on him, but I mean, um, he's that? 22 years old. Lanny, he's 22 yeah. years old, makes 6.75 million, pretty much a 30 goal scorer every season. I think last season he missed it because they cut the season short, but he was on yeah. pace for it. And he's an RFA after this season, so he's going to command big dollars next season. Um, Ehlers is 24, also very young. More of a playmaker, I feel like. Line is definitely a shooter. Yeah. Um, Ehlers is making $6 million a season. Now, they're up against the cap. Right now, their cap space is $27,000. That is so Jeez. close. So if the Sharks are to make a trade, it would have to be either multiple players or uh, retain some salary to make the difference there. We don't have enough salary cap to make a difference, though. So either we're talking a three-way trade or they would have to make another trade with another team to free up some space to be able to bring Burns in so that we could take somebody off of their hands, right? right. So um, there's more to it than that. Like, it could get done. It could absolutely get done. When we talk the, Sharks about have, the Sharks have $2.3 in cap space. If they get two players coming back, line A plus someone else for another $2 million, so it almost washes out. Yeah, it would have to be a defenseman, wouldn't it, to fill that hole? A right shot defenseman, right? On the cheap, Dylan DeMello. Okay, I'd take Mello back. They just, he, they just signed DeMello, so they're probably not going to sign it. Yeah, they probably wouldn't. And it's um, multi-year, I'm sure, so that would mean the Sharks probably aren't as interested. So Neil Pionk is another one. He used to play for the Rangers, and he went there. We're not going to go through every single one of their players. I mean, all I'm saying is, it can happen, uh, sure, but it would take more finagling than just the one trade. Don't try to figure it out by, oh, if we traded this and we traded that, and then if we added this piece in here and we retain this much salary and have this guy who makes this. No, it would be us trading for what we want 
them trading for what they want, and then them doing something else to free up some more cap space to allow our trade to go through, right? That's how that one will work out. So um, if you want to try to crunch the numbers and you've got like the math symbols going on behind your head and everything else, um, you would have to do that from Winnipeg's uh, point of view uh, because they were the ones that would have to be doing more if they only got $27,000 in cash space. I thought you were going to say $27 as a joke, to be honest with you. That's pretty close. <laughs> Not that Not much more. Uh, yeah. And get on with it. Yes. Get on with it. Yes. yes. Get, get on, on with, it. with it. There it is. Get on with it. <laughs> what? What? We're just talking. Jesus, man. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, what do you want to get on with then, Super Producer Jason? Jeez. Uh, let's go ahead and look at some of the comments here. Uh, we got Anthony Greco. That's great. <laughs> I don't know if that's where we're going. I uh, would love Wheeler. Yeah. No, there's definitely guys in Winnipeg that would be nice. Um, I, I don't know that that's going to happen, though. So. Yeah, I just I don't think the Sharks are going to add another right winger. I think that right shot defense, like we said earlier, right shot defense is going to be the the target right now with that yeah. two point whatever million that we got in space. Two point three, probably summon someone for two million. Yeah, maybe a little bit less, maybe a little more, but yeah, I just don't see it. I think yeah. our top six is going to be set right now. Yeah, I think so too. Um, I'll have to do another cap friendly and kind of put that out on Twitter again. People seem to enjoy that. So there we go. Yep. Um, yeah. Anything else you want to talk about then? <laughs> no, nah, I was just going to go through the comments here, but um, sure. Zinxie, Kevin LeBanc gets 20 to 25 goals this season. I hope I think that'd be a big step for him. Honestly. I mean, if he's getting that much minutes and that much power play time, I can see it happening. If there's an 82 game season. Yeah. So now there will be an 82-game season. I don't even want to call it a big step. I think it's a necessary step. I think 20 goals is a necessary step for Kevin. He had 17 goals two seasons ago. He had 14 last season, which was on pace to be about the exact same. 20 to 25 is very realistic, I think. Yeah. For the amount of ice time he will be getting, most likely not, you know, according to himself, not getting demoted to the third line. Yeah. Then, uh, yeah, I could see 20, 25 goals. Yeah, I think he needs to score 20, 25 goals. Absolutely. Um, when, you're, when you're calling yourself out, like, okay, you bet on yourself when you said, I'm, I'm a top winger in this league, right? I'm a top six winger in this league. I'm going to bet on myself for a big, bigger contract, uh, one year, one million. That fell flat. And then they give it to you this year anyway, uh, 4.725. Sure. They had a handshake deal behind that. I don't care. It doesn't matter. They give it to you anyway, right? You know what's great? That, you know why the Sharks said that? Long-term planning. Because yeah. everyone in the league and outside the league knew that that $1 million was BS, right? Okay. Then you go, okay, he's going to get his, and he did. If he didn't, then everyone would say, oh, man, the Sharks really screwed him over. I'm not going to sign there. You know, it's a mental thing. Like, any free agents say, hey, they take care of their guys no matter what. I feel yeah. great going there, and that's fine. I think the majority of players on the Sharks would be able to tell that story without having to have one instance of signing Kevin LeBanc to a handshake deal. That was it's over. It's overpriced unless unless Kevin scores that twenty to twenty five and is is truly a top line winger. Not even top line. If he's a top six winger, right? Then okay, fine. That that is good money for him. But if he's going to go out there and score seventeen goals again, 
I don't think so. For me, that's not enough. I don't care if there's a handshake behind behind closed doors. That that's just not enough. So for me, I think 20 goals is a necessary step. 25 goals would be a big step. Yeah, sure, but he needs to he needs to reach that 20 goal plateau for me. Well, Tyler Toffoli, right? Everyone wanted Tyler Toffoli to come in. Okay. What was his his deal? I think it was cheaper than LeBanc, right? Uh, I forget. Uh, he was in the four millions, though. I think, yeah. Let me look it up real quick. He, he scored less goals, and that's your four point two five. Okay. Four point two five. Kevin LeBanc got five hundred grand more than that. Okay. Toffoli has never. I don't think he's ever scored. Has he scored thirty goals? I don't know. Has he scored twenty? He's got thirty. Number we're talking goals about one time. Thirty-one goals. Okay. He's never gotten his his best year, 31 goals, 27 assists for 58 points. Okay. I think LeBanc has more potential than that. Plus, Toffoli's older. Yeah. Toffoli's already 28 years old. This is the best you're going to see Toffoli. This is not the best you're going to see Kevin LeBanc. I, I'm defending this because sure. they are signing for the future, not for what he had done. Toffoli, yeah. I feel like they're doing a little bit of both, but I, I think I don't – I never really liked Toffoli's game because I feel like he disappears for a long time. I don't think he's consistent. To me, Kevin LeBanc, offensively, I haven't really seen him disappear that much. He always seems dangerous on the puck, on the ice, when he has the puck in the offensive zone. His defensive zone obviously needs work, and that's what he's been focusing on. That's fine. But his offensive side, I feel like, has more potential than Tyler Toffoli's did. Okay. Sorry. I'll Tyler Toffoli scored 30 goals, and Tyler Toffoli scores more than 20 goals per season usually, right? My light just fell. Sorry. Yes. Okay. Uh, Tyler That's Toffoli. Wait, say it again. Does Toffoli score more than 20 goals per season on the regular? 20 on the regular. 20 on the regular. That's One what time saying. he scored 30. Okay. I need Kevin LeBanc to score 20 goals. That's fine. Okay. I mean, Toffoli scored 12, 23, 31. 16, 24, 13, 18, actually 18 plus 6, 24. So, and that was a contract here. I need him to score 20. I'm just saying, like, I, whatever. <laughs> he scores 19? Uh-uh. I want 20. <laughs> All right, what do you got? Meyer uh, is a, if Meyer is a 50 to 55 point guy, Six million seems like a lot. Meyer needs to be a thirty goal scorer. Okay, I think Evander Kane, Timo Meyer, possibly Couture need to be thirty goal scorers. LeBanc twenty. Donato, I'd like to see fifteen to twenty. Yeah. Um, Marlow, I'd be happy with fifteen goals for Marlow. I think that'd be a very good year for him. Very solid. Absolutely. His always comes in spurts, so he'll get like two or three goals and then go silent for another week or two. Um, Nieto, I'd be happy with 12 to 15 goals. That would be an amazing year for him, I think. Probably 10. 10 would be realistic for Nieto. Three of those shorthanded. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, there you go. There's our goal scores. LeBanc had a 56-point season, and Toffoli's best was 58. Yes, but LeBanc is also making 500K more right now is my point, so... I want I, that money. He's also four years younger. Yeah, that's great. So he's got, I don't know, whatever. I don't care how old or young. You could be 41. You better put the points up if you're getting paid for it. So, uh, And All again, right. you're betting on yourself and you're betting on yourself for the future. 
that stepping stone better be 20 and the next stepping stone could be 25 and then we'll talk from there all right but, top of the hour we're gonna do roll call tell us where yeah. you're watching from and what is your favorite jumbo moment while you tell us about that jumbo moment we are gonna throw a sale in our store we have a lot of merchandise that we need to move so let's let's get selling boys and girls uh we are gonna do 19 percent off in memory of jumbo uh, and the banners at the top of the website in case you forget it. It's gonna be Jumbo 19. Uh, it's gonna be good until October 19th. How about that? The 19th again until uh, just about right before midnight. So wait, October 19th? Yeah, only three days. Well, get buying. <laughs> All right, boy. Hey, boys, get your orders in now. But I'm gonna work them to see if I can get them to extend that a little bit. Okay. I'm working okay. for you. We'll see. <laughs> anyway, go to our store, help support the store, help support the show, the store, help support the show, and uh, get some stickers, some hats, some cool, uh, cool shirts there. And yeah, if you guys are enjoying what we do here, um, this is the uh, one of the best ways to help support us in doing what we do. Um, you know, we've we've obviously upped our production value just a little bit here. Oh, thank you, Aaron. It's very nice and wrinkled. Um, that looks blue, but it's actually like a tealish. Kind of like a light lighter teal but um yeah so this is definitely one of the best ways to help support the show we know a lot of folks out there um that would would like to do something for us and and this is a great way of doing it so if you can show your support with a hat or a shirt or some stickers and if you do uh purchase some things as we've had a couple people buy some stuff recently and we're asking them to do the same thing please send us some of your pictures of you wearing your swag we have a, a friend of ours from uh, from twitter who sent in uh, a picture of them wearing the shirt and the hat, and uh, we, we love seeing that. So uh, thank you for, for doing that. Thank you guys for all of your support uh, over the uh, two-plus seasons that we've been doing this so far. It, uh, it really does go a long way in helping us uh, make all of this possible. And uh, we, we know we try to do nice things for our guests to give them a little gift or something like that, and sometimes that comes out of our pocket. So um, any little help that we can get um, monetarily, obviously, certainly does help. Again, thank you guys so much. And for those people who uh, gave us some uh, super chat, I think it was Malted uh, was one, if not the only. But uh, Malted, thank you for the $2 Californian. Uh, it's the CA stands for, right? Canadian. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we, I know, I know. Uh, we do appreciate that. Like you said, every little helps. And I do think it's really cool, by the way, that we have a recurring Ottawa fan uh, living in Montreal who comes and frequents the show. Uh, again, uh, it's just super cool. So, um Thank you for that, man. I really do appreciate it. And for everybody else uh, who Sharks fans and you guys have been constantly tuning in to our show, again, we appreciate you guys. Um, it's It's been a lot of fun, and we look forward to keep doing this for the rest of this season and seasons to come. Yeah. Uh, let's see. We got some. We got one in Calgary, Kyle. And Kyle also wants to know where my Jeep is. My Jeep is actually in the shop. It's getting fixed up and new tires and everything, so it's going to look real sharp. In fact, when I brought it in to uh, to get it fixed up, uh, the person driving it to go bring it to the uh, the little stand was like, "Wow, that's a really nice Jeep because it's very old. You don't see them very much anymore. It's 15 years old. It's an 05, uh, which is the same year I had season tickets for the first time. The there you go. Year, uh, Jumbo was on the Sharks. Um, so we, we got Mystical Edenflower asking favorite Jumbo moments. Uh, oh, it was when he trolled Henrik Sedin with his finger. Yes. Mystical, were you reading my tweet? Here's my tweet here, okay? Um, favorite Jumbo moments they asked for. And I had said, the Jumbo slide, you guys remember that, uh, where he actually took a knee to the back of the head as he was sliding through center ice. 
Uh, check the replay. Uh, the no look pass to Marlowe, I think, I believe it was against Dallas, right? Um, trolling Sedin with the finger to the nose while he was talking to the ref. He was talking to the ref and he's pointing over there and he went like this to Sedin's nose. Awesome. Um, the, the boys are reacting to his hat trick celebration at practice. If you uh, frequent our Twitter and Instagram, which I don't know if it's on the screen anywhere here, Super Producer Jason, maybe we can throw it up real fast. Um, at the Fin Factor on uh, Twitter and at Fin Factor on Instagram. Uh, we posted this stuff up. It actually got some airtime on NBC Sportsnet with uh, Brody Brazil. Um, they put it up there showing uh, all the, the guys that practice uh, doing the jumbo celebration. He was just doing this. And it was really, really funny. If you have a chance, go check it out. I think it's pinned on our Twitter, is it not, Aaron? Uh, it's also pinned on our uh, Facebook page. Okay, there you go. It's going to have Facebook likes, so everyone go to our Facebook page and like <laughs> Go to our Facebook page and hit the like button, please. We're feeling lonely over there. Um, yeah, so the boys are acting to the half celebration. Uh, thank you for putting that up there. Uh, defending Hurl's four-goal game with the rooster comment, obviously. Uh, shirtless Joe walking around with, uh, <laughs> with the shirt off. They made the bobble out of that. And then I said I ran out of Carrick, and I put dot, 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 and that was the end of my character list. So, uh, I, I, yeah, Twitter needs to have a little bit longer maybe, or I just need to stop talking. Uh, regardless, uh, yeah, lots and lots of really great Jumbo moments. Um, it, it, it sucks having him gone. It sucks knowing that he won't be returning in Teal. At the same time, it's necessary. I get it. So um, hopefully the locker room can move on without him because I think that's that's going to be the biggest hurdle. Um, no pun intended. That's going to be the biggest hurdle for this team, uh, getting over him not being there every day. Uh, imagine you're at work and it's one of these guys just really fun to be with and everything, and then all of a sudden he takes a job offer at a different company. It kind of sucks working there, you know. Um, so hopefully that's not the case with the Sharks. Hopefully they can stay professional about it, and hopefully Bob Bugner makes it uh, a good, fun system, uh, gets them being creative, gets them winning, and uh, it's something they can move past. Oh, beautiful. Oh, is, uh, we have no audio? I guess we can't do audio. But this is Brody Brazil talking. Uh, this is actually my video uh, from my phone. I'm surprised it doesn't look horrible but you can see yeah there's milker there's pavs they're uh doing uh, the jumbo celebration actually the little kid in that there that's uh pavs son nate playing in goal and uh the boys are playing with them on the rank must be nice huh Jeez. so uh yeah uh it was just a cool video i just happened to hit record and uh they they were going for it and it was it was really just something that was awesome to be able to catch uh, while i was sitting there watching them do prior it was actually right before practice so uh really really cool moment uh yeah i'm trying to think what my favorite moment is i think uh the rooster thing was pretty pretty darn funny <laughs> he'll never live that down in fact uh and hernandez said i was at the boston game where jumbo scored the hat trick and it's been the only hat trick game i've been to i've been to a lot because i was there the year chichu scored a million of them but uh <laughs> yeah i mean the whole nhl was watching at that point because they knew there was an empty net at one point in that game and jumbo was on the ice and they knew if he got that fourth goal, what was going to happen. Everybody <laughs> except the Boston Bruins wanted him to score. And that was the game. Do you remember that game? Yeah. That was the game where they scored that goal in the last 10 seconds with a high high touch. Not a high stake, but a high touch. And they didn't call it. because. And then they, they changed the rule because of that game. Yeah. The next, the following season. It was very unfortunate. That was a game that they should not have lost. Oh, Kyle, uh, we're Ooh. a family-friendly show, so we really can't explain that one for you. But if you look up... Um, <laughs> gosh, what, what would you say? Well, let's just, I'll, I'll, I'm not going to say what it, what was said, but okay. uh, it was the game where Hurdle scored four goals. He was a rookie, 
He scored four goals, four goals against the Rangers, which I was at that game as well. And um, the media was was asking him a bunch of questions and just hounding him. And and they were like, basically, they were like, oh, was it kind of disrespectful to score four goals? You know, why did you have to do that kind of thing? And poor Hurdle barely spoke English at this point. This is his rookie season. And Jumbo was in the back and and made a little quip. That's all you need to know. Is he said something off off the cuff and it's really unfortunate that it kind of got out of the locker room too, because I think that bottles up more players from saying stuff like this. Yeah. Oh, now I remember. Yeah. yeah. So they call it the rooster trick, right? Is that what it's called? Yeah. The rooster trick. If you get uh jumbo four gets goals. four goals. Yeah. Well, jumbo anyone, got four goals, right? anyone gets four goals. It's a rooster trick. <laughs> there you go. Good stuff. Uh, Anything else you want to uh, talk about or any last comments you want to address here? And what else is there to say, man? It's really sad that he's gone. Will, I'll say this. There will never, never be a number 19 on the Sharks again. Guaranteed. That's going to the rafters. Yeah. And I wouldn't be surprised if 12 is done too once he retires. Those two I could see being lifted up. For sure, yeah. I think uh, Patty's going to break the uh, games played record, and uh, that'll happen this season. And then, yeah, shortly after he's done retiring, I don't think they're going to waste much time. Yeah, assuming he doesn't get hurt or the season's not short. Yeah. Patrick Cabral, roll call. You are too late, my friends. Scroll up (laughs) a little bit. (laughs) We already did it, Patrick. Uh, Patrick, you sound off, buddy. It's good to see you, Patrick. It's been a while. Um, <laughs> Justin, on paper, are the Leafs that much better than the Sharks? Definitely. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. Just, just yeah. Mitch Marner, Austin Matthews, John Tavares. I don't know. I mean, it's always it's you know it's great to look back. The John Tavares versus Carlson debate because I feel like yeah. it could have gone either way for the Sharks. Tavares could have picked San Jose instead of Toronto. Um, yeah. But. At the same time, that very first season, uh, the Sharks went to the conference finals against St. Louis. And Toronto got knocked out in the first round, I believe, again, even with John Tavares. And then the same thing. Did that happen this year, this last playoffs? They got knocked out in first I honestly don't remember. I was not paying attention because I was. Yeah, they get knocked out so early that you don't even remember. I was grumpy. But that's my point. Like, you know, like, I don't know if there's really a winner in that situation, but yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah. Other than the early exits during the regular season, absolutely, <laughs> they are a better team. <laughs> Playoffs. Eh, that's why Jumbo's going there. I, I still, I feel like we're gonna. <laughs> I feel like we're still gonna uh, overachieve. Based on, I'm not based on, I shouldn't say, overachieved compared to expectations. I think everyone's expectations of this team are very, very low. And maybe I'm just ever the optimist. Obviously, last season I thought we were going to do really well, but last season did not go uh, as planned. Uh, With just the names on paper, uh, if they were playing up to where they could play, uh, that last season should have been a lot better than it was. Um, Same thing for this season, I think. But I think this season, the difference is the, the coaching staff is different. The look is going to be different. The power play is going to be different. They're going to have 
um, emphasis on better stick positioning on defense. We've got a guy who is not a career backup in the NHL as an, an, a 1B or perhaps the 1A. We don't know. Um, so there's a, a lot going on there. And I think there's enough things that are changing, enough moving parts for us to not say this is insanity. It's the same thing that we're doing and trying to, to have a different result. I think there's enough things that have changed specifically with the coaching staff that it's, it's going to be uh, different and hopefully better. And we'll just have to wait and see, but uh, it sucks that we're not moving forward without, uh, without Jumbo on the team. We wish him the best. If uh, the Sharks are not in the playoff hunt and the uh, Maple Leafs are 100%, um, I'm, I'm absolutely, I'm sure everyone would be uh, rooting for Toronto Maple Leafs to get the job done. Um, get that man's name on that cup. He deserves it. Absolutely. But I don't want to see the Leafs win. Sorry. <laughs> I, I I like having those long streaks, especially when they're longer than the shark streak of not winning a cup, just <laughs> continuing. Because then it just gets funnier and funnier to non-Leafs fans. Fair I just enough. I would love to see it. Like when the Cubs won not too long ago, I didn't want them to win. When uh, who's the other long time? The Red Sox, I guess, a while ago. I was like, yeah. oh man, that's kind of a bummer because the Cubs were like the butt of every joke. That they yeah. can never win. That's kind of like the Maple Leafs. They're the butt of every joke. They can never win. So I kind of like leaving the butt of the joke on other teams and not the Sharks. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm salty. <laughs> Whatever. All right, um, cool. Yeah. Yes, and uh, Super Producer Jason, thank you for putting that in the comments there. Um, if you enjoyed this stream, uh, feel free to hit that like button. I saw we had a lot of dislikes for some reason. I don't know. I mean, hey. Any interaction is fine with me, guys. If you're not liking us, then uh, you want to hit the dislike button. That's cool. But you were we'll here. Take haters. We'll take the haters as well. You you were here to hit that dislike button for any <laughs> amount of time. So uh, we do appreciate you as well. Uh, obviously, the people with the thumbs up uh, will have much longer and more prosperous lives. Uh, so feel free to, to hit that one there. And if you've not hit the subscribe button, again, uh, we don't bombard your inbox with a bunch of useless junk. Uh, we, we do live sessions like this. So even if the topics aren't something that you're totally interested in, it's you being able to bring those topics up. So uh, if you like talking Sharks hockey with us, feel free to subscribe because when we do go live, you'll get that notification as long as you've hit that bell. So that is it, I think, for episode. This is episode 94, is it not? Correct. We didn't even say Coral Yuck, but we said it in the last two episodes anyway. Coral Yuck was the, was the guy there. And normally I would open the show with, hey, everybody, my name is Paul, and I was just upset. You're still upset. <laughs> yeah, all right. Cool. All right. Anything else you want to say then? Get on with it. <laughs> See, he's going to overuse it. It's not going to be funny in like a week, dude. Get on with it. It's still going to be funny. <laughs> Is there anything else, Aaron? No. Okay, cool. All right. Well, for uh, Super Producer Jason, Jumbo as God, uh, I am Paul. And I'm Aaron. And. And I'm going to go cry now. I'll see you guys later. Bye. Get on with it. Thanks for tuning in. If you like this episode, check out our other content, especially interviews. You can interact with us directly through social media at The Fin Factor and on Instagram at Fin Factor. And don't forget to join our live streams on YouTube. Visit our website at thefinfactor.com where you'll find all of our episodes as videos or podcasts. You'll also find our exclusive merchandise to help support our show.